Come, Gabby, friends, round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and evil from beyond the dawn of time. Ancient evil from the Dark Ages. Do you mean 70s haircuts? <gasps> 80s haircuts. Sorry, I was waiting for Tom Lowe to say 90s haircuts. Ah, he's on holiday this week, having a baby. Oh, I'm still here. No amount of babies can keep me away from... The Silly History Boys Show! Oh, no, they're vomiting again. Help me! Real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Real thing. Classic Tombo. And speaking of classics, this episode, like the previous one, is back to the classic format of the show. Meaning that it'll be full of shrieking and fighting with the occasional bit of historical insight crammed into the narration. It was lovely having Lucas and Miranda from that Yorvik Viking thing along though. But now you're stuck with us again for Silly History Boys Season 4. Series 4. Still has a bit of Viking flavour to it. Danish flavour, to be precise, like Peter Schmeichel's Bathwater. In fact, it's such a classic tale that people study it at a university. Not this version, they won't. It's too silly. It's Beowulf! Silly style. Roll Dark Ages! We begin in the very darkest bit of the Dark Ages. The light of Rome had gone out. It was a sucky time to be alive. Winters were long and the summers short. There were no more aqueducts. Even the Roman roads had started going bendy. And worse still, at any moment a horde of Saxons, Vikings, Geordies could arrive and burn you down and eat your house. It was a time of axe and sword. <laughs> Excellent turn of phrase. Anyway, it was pretty bad. All except for one place. In the country of what is now Denmark, there was a king, King Hrothgar. Hi there! In his youth, Hrothgar had been a mighty warrior. There's even a version of the story when he's descended from Odin, the Allfather. I was wise, prudent, dangerous, and sexy. Brigands and cold callers had learned to fear his mighty axe and meaty fists. His people prospered from his protection, just rule, and mad interior design skills. You see, the Dark Ages lacked style, Daddy. And after one particularly lame winter, I decided to do something about it. I built a hall. And what a hall it was. It was big enough for a thousand folk. It had thick walls to keep out the wolves, an iron-studded door to keep baddies from getting in, and a great roaring fire to fend off the freezing night. It also had a pool room, a tile kitchen with air fryer, and an obnoxiously large hot tub. It was mint, yo. I might even try grow some pampas grass in the snow outside. Hrothgar called his new hall Herot, which means stag in Old English, stags being associated with kings in those days. Did you learn something? 10,000 trees were hewn for this hall and a half, acres of rushes plucked to carpet the floors, and tons of black peat dung to burn on the great hearth. And hot tubs. Not only was it warm and safe, but it was beautiful. The beams and timbers and doorknobs were intricately carved and decorated. Great iron bowl for everyone's keys, and 
for the centerpiece, the king had a great antlered stag carved above the entrance arch. I declare this wholesome hall of halls open. There shall be a great meal of boar and venison and scrummy cake to honor the grand opening of Herod. Go forth, my huntsmen, to the wild woods and catch us a feast. This hall is so money, yo. But without the hall, the cold winds blew. In the stripped forest of hewn trees, the deer that were left shivered, robbed of their shelter and warmth. And across the desolate land, she-wolves howled, mourning the pelts of their children that now clothed Hrothgar's people. And through the shattered forest, a creature walked. Huge and hairy, clawed and scary, the creature looked about the blasted wood. Its giant fists clenched in rage, and its hairy head turned towards the sound of human laughter. Mm, right. And like a giant dad going to remonstrate with his neighbor's late-night stereo, the monster stomped towards Herod. Oh, great party, Hrothgar! That's a great haul, Froppers. Great hot tub, my thanes. There's nothing like a haunch of pig to eat in the bath. Whoa! Let the oil slick a pork fat sitting on these bubbling waters be forever a symbol of man's contempt for nature. What with that? Look, guys, if you need a fart, get out the tub. Does diabetes usually knock? I need to get out. It's not fair. Stuck out in the cold, missing everything. No buffet, no dancing. If they end up playing Twister, I shall die. We're probably missing the best party of the entire Dark Ages. Don't like parties? Too dangerous. I'd much rather be standing outside in the cold. Party's dangerous? You dreary but don't be so daft. Loads of people die at parties. Poisoned, fights, Twister mishaps. Trust me. For if my name isn't Guiding McGardison the first, you're much safer out here, being a guard. Safer out here in the cold? With the wolves and the bears and the monsters? There's no such thing as monsters. Why would you say why would you say that? Have you never seen the film? Don't go to the pictures. Too dead. Oh barbarious pagan gods! What is that thing? Sorry, pal. No massive claws or trainers. Oh my god, so I'm wasting my- oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, for Twister! The door of Herod flew from its hinges. A freezing draught flickers the torches and the shadow 
of something huge looms across the threshold. What do you want? For us to turn stereo. From out of the nightmarish night came a creature, an unstoppable monster that fell upon Hrothgar's guests. Swords and spears were turned aside by his hairy hide, and his flashing claws tore through shields and mail like a hot chainsaw through a pop-tart. Those that could fled screaming into the night. Those that could not endured the worst after-party until Barrymore. For that monster devoured all he could lay claw on. The beast was Grendel, a creature that could not stand the sound of joy. So long as he stopped night, no need would flow at Herod. Oh, my poor guests, my poor hall and the hot tubs, my poor people huddling in the dark in their tiny towels. We need a monster slayer. It was the darkest of times in the darkest of ages. But some say the dark times breed the greatest heroes. Who says that? Me, just just then. And and yes, you're right, we ought to be calling the Dark Ages the early medieval period. Uh, and while you might say that, like, oh, it wasn't as dark as everyone made out, it, we need it to be dark for the purposes of this story. So it's absolutely ideal that it be called the Dark Ages. But yes, if we were doing a history and not a myftery, then yes, we should be calling it the early medieval period. Sorry. Meanwhile, elsewhere in Dark Age Scandinavia, I don't know why that's being so heavily emphasised, it's probably because we should be calling this the early medieval period, was the Kingdom of Gertland, where lived the Gerts. What is with you this week? It's how I'm written. Yeah, I needed something light to offset all the people being eaten. Meanwhile, in Gertland, in Hall of King Edgepo, before a great log fire and a low table lit with a flickering lantern, Someone is dry brushing. Mm, damned undercoat. Should have brought the spray paint much quicker. Hello, hello. Uh, my prince. Uh, prince Beowulf. I asked not to be disturbed. I am busy. My apologies, sire. I didn't see the sock on the handle. Oh, are those knuckle playing marines? I gave orders that I was to be left to my work, unless, of course, word reached us of some kind of beast terrorising a neighbouring kingdom. Ah, but, but, but Prince Beowulf, uh, word has reached us of some kind of beast terrorising a neighbouring kingdom, and it is well known by Prince that you have certain talents when it comes to monsters. Talent at killing them, you mean? Unless you do mean that greater demon I painted. What? No. Ever since you were a young man, under that business with the sea monsters. Alright, there's no need for flashbacks. Make ready my horse. I go to Herod. Someone put my detailed brush in white spirit. I leave at once. Hyah! Farewell! Farewell, my prince! Oh, I hope he's remembered his sword. Has forgotten this warhammer. It was a long journey from Gertland to Herot, and in that time things had grown much worse. The land shivered in fear of Grendel, and despite the winter snows, Hrothgar's people left in droves. Those that stayed, the king sheltered in his hall, and without Hrothgar's warriors, the king's peace fell to ruin. 
brigands and wild beasts roved the countryside in anarchy in search of prey. Oh, this is great. Flipping gig economy. A hundred miles for a scary forest in the snow just to chance an open mic night. Oh, it's so cold. Ugh. Maybe a warm-up would warm me up a bit. <clears throat> Step inside the eye of your mind. Don't you... No, something jaunt here. <clears throat> Toss a coin to your wit. No, I know better not. They're going to sue us when they hear the music anyway. And there's a man outside. And the pigs... Ah! Oh, 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 what was that? What was that? Ah! I can't die! I've not made it yet! Wait! I've got some CDs! Here! Have a CD! Oh, come on, Mr. Bear! Don't tell me that the bears have given in to this digital download nonsense! It'll never replace the true experience of the two collector! Oh, it didn't upset you! Please! Please don't eat me! musician. His skinny jeans shake with terror as he prepares to face the angry, hairy music. Oh, bear with me, please! Death seems certain. But then, all of a sudden, a figure springs from the trees. With no heed to his safety, he powers into the beast, sending it reeling backwards. Avoids the flailing claws and mashing teeth, the figure thumps the bear square on the nose. Sends it crashing back into the forest. Poor creature, half starved. Yo, you punched a bear! You're welcome. Sorry, I mean, thank you for punching that bear. I thought that that was my final curtain there. Oh no, don't tell me. I'm a singer-songwriter! I was on my way to a gig. A gig? Don't you read the news? Does enemy count? I mean, it's a pretty thin publication in the fifth century, but hey, I'm Bard, by the way. Bard Pitt, get it? Bard. I'm gigging at Herot tonight. So am I. Uh, yeah, you do look like a support act. What's your handle, fellow muso? Biowolf. Monster Hunter. Come on. The folk singer and the folk hero strode through the snow to the Hall of Herot. Tales of its beauty had reached both the bard and Beowulf. But when they arrived, the famous carved gate was a sorry state. The stag above the door was missing an antler, and the intricate carving was scarred by deep clawed gouges. The door itself lay broken in the snow, and more timbers were haphazardly nailed to its place in a rude barricade. <sighs> so it's one of those gigs, is it? Nothing on draft, and I'll have to practice the chords to Sweet Caroline. Quiet. <clears throat> hey in there! Go away! <laughs> What kind of a welcome is that? I am a musician, sir. I have stickers on my guitar. Oh, oh, oh my god. Is that something I said? Do you think I should break out the Achira? Not unless you want your neck snapped. <clears throat> I am Prince Beowulf of Gertland. I would speak with your king. So show some manners before I come in there and teach you some. Fine, but the bandy oxygen thief in the skinny jeans stays outside. He comes with me. We'll need all the hands we can get when night falls. Yeah, you sound like people who need music to soothe your troubled mind. Did I mention my guitar has a sticker on it? 
I promise, if he plays a note, he goes back out in the snow. Thrown out in the snow? Agreed. Agreed. Then Herot bids you welcome, Prince Beowulf. Beowulf and the Bard pass through the shattered gates to an audience with King Hrothgar. The interior of Herot was no better than the mangled doors. The place looked like Motley Crue and Cardi B had moved in and lost the run of themselves. They strode through the graveyard of a party toward the king. Approach guests. I am King Hrothgar. I regret the sorry welcome of my hall. Um, I had noted the absence of a rider, Lord King, but if I could have a bottle of Miller chilled to the end of my set, that would be great. I'll get started. The garbage is the place to find the lava, so the bar is where I go. Oh, my groin. Oh, don't mind him. I am Beowulf of Gertland. I have heard tell that evil has beset this land. It has indeed. Dozens of little stains like that one, trying to get in here to butcher Kings of Leon. Who'd have thought he could butcher a Kings of Leon track anyway? I, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I meant the monster, Grendel. <gasps> Don't say his name. That creature has torn the music from this land. My hearth is cold, my people are fled, and the joys of Herod lies as crumpled as a bus ticket. Yet every night he returns to rake over the embers of my life's work. Ugh, like a cover band. If the creature comes tonight, then I shall be ready for him. In exchange for your hospitality, I beg your permission to deal with this Grendel. <gasps> Don't say his name. I do not fear the creature, my friend. And who are you to think he's so special? I told you. I am Beowulf. Yeah, and I'm his hardcore friend, baby. You spoiled that. Sorry. That night there was a feast. Hrothgar did his best to welcome the monster-hunting prince, and even allowed the bard to play some of his less awful compositions, mostly nostalgic TV themes. There was little food, and what there was, was... suspect. This big sausage is very chewy. But it was a feast nonetheless. Yet, as Beowulf chewed his mystery casserole, he looked at the haggard faces around the table. All were gaunt and thin, worn away by fear. The fire burned low, and no wood was spared to feed it. One by one, Hrothgar's men curled up beneath the great table and slept. Even the bard eventually gave up his two-chord strumming. The people of Herot would not last much longer. He saw that no guard had been set, so Beowulf poured himself a mead and walked to the broken gate and settled down to watch the darkness. He did not have to wait long. Yo, yo, yo Beowulf, yeah, yeah. I see, getting a bit of fresh air, yeah. I can keep the watch alone. Well, actually I'm here because I need to well, go on then. Do I look like a urologist? A what? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I went to go, but it's it's dark and scary, so I I thought I'd come up here where it's safe. Go then! I will, but... Wait, I can't go if you're watching. Oh, you are such a... 
Never mind. The scream echoed through the corpse of Herod. Beowulf turned from the night and drew his sword. The firelight was dying. All was gloom and shadow. Shadows that played terrifying shapes on the walls as his eyes searched the blackness. Unzipping my sleeping bag. Suddenly the dark was lit by a pair of glowing red eyes. Dinner time, you little tots. You there, stop snacking. It's time for your main course. The Prince of the Girts breaks into a run. He bounds up and runs across onto Herod's feasting table. His boots crash crockery and scatter the meager feast. And using the butter dish as a springboard, Beowulf fires himself into the air, drawing his sword. And aiming dead between Grendel's glowing eyes. The steel bites and breaks. Oh, knickers! But the prince has no time to ponder the returns policy on his shattered weapon. For Grendel draws back his and sends Beowulf crashing back along the table. Oh, my good china! The wife's gonna kill me! Oh, well, can't be helped. Get him, boys! Swords draw as Hrothgar and his veins raise themselves to battle. Grendel licks his lips. Sod the diet. Dinner time. Hrothgar and his household fight bravely. Swords strike blue sparks off Grendel's hide as the brave Danes barrel into the monster. But to no avail. Swords blunt and shields shatter. Grendel chews through the hapless things like a takeaway. <laughs> Till none but the helpless Hrothgar remained. You monster! You ate all my friends! You ate mine! to make this tasteless eyesore of a whole. Yeah, but I'm a king. When I do it, it's called civilization. I like civilization on toast. Now, come here, you fat little king. Grendel draws back his arm. Oh, I'm glad all the surfaces here are wiped clean. Something jerks his shoulder from behind. Excuse me, I need a hand. Yours. There is a noise like a meaty newspaper tearing. And Beowulf wrenches Grendel's arm right off and then proceeds to hit him round the head with the wet end. Uncle Bob Bob? Uh, uh, dear Uncle Bob Bob. Dear Uncle Bob In the original, does Beowulf pull Grendel's arm off and then hit him with it? Yes, yes he does. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that your fly is open. Get on with the narration, please. Okay. In a gruesome display of literal self-abuse, Beowulf clouts Grendel up and down the hall of Herod. Bouncing off carved pillars, slipping and staggering over half-eaten things, his hard hide slashed by his own iron claws, Grendel makes for the door. Leaving so soon? Allow me to wave you off. Taxi. Big gone, one-armed villain! Right, I 
The beast's remaining arm reaches for the great door. Marked pole. And staggers wounded out in the dark. True to his word, Beowulf waves three-handedly as Grendel disappears into the forest. Oh my god, for all that, he was an armless and a fellow in the end. Shut up. Okay. He's gone. Oh, Hell Grendel Bell. is gone. Oh, Hell Herod is And for the first time in what felt like forever, there was laughter in the King's Hall. Break out the good biscuits and fire up the hot tubs. All hail Beowulf! On hearing the noise and merriment, Hrothgar's people came out of hiding and joined the rejoicing. All cheered as Herod's ragged stag was crowned with Grendel's severed arm, still smeared by the monster's own gore. All hail Beowulf! The good times had come back, all thanks to Beowulf. But this tale has a sting in the tail. Does that make sense? Just read it. Oh, stupid. Oh, Tots. Is that you, my love? You're begging me. Hi, you are. Leave me alone. Grendel. What's this on this dead carpet? Me, love? Ah, don't come in, don't come in. You've got some explaining to do, young man. Oh my, your arm. Where's your arm? Dunno. Lost it. I can see that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? <gasps> Have you been thinking? Oh, I'm sorry, Mum. I know that you told me. To only pick on smaller boys and you don't get hurt. I did, but the boy, mummy, he pulled my arm off and then hit me with it. Right. I'm going up to that school. Meadol. Meadol. And I'm going to see those boys. You stay here. What am I going to do without my right arm? My PlayStation is worthless. Mummy will kill it all better. Mummy will kill them all. The sun was rising. Herod was sore-headed in the dawn. It had been an epic night. The guards slept, and those that remained awake had reached the philosophical stage. Um, baby wolf? It's Beowulf. Sorry, sorry, Baywatch. Sorry, baby. Have I thanked you for... Driving off the monster Grendel? Sorry, yeah, yeah, th th thank you. Um, thank you for, um... Oh, that was it, um... Can I say... Buddy, mate... Can I say, you are... So talented. The, the way you killed him with his own arm. He's not dead, only wounded. Rebuild your hall, Lord King, and this time... Pay more attention to your defenses. But baby, now that you're here, no one will mess with us again. I'm not staying. I have undercoating to do. And I must look to save my own country. I cannot leave the Gertz defenseless. The who? No, the Gertz. My people. Well, 
When you gotta go, you gotta go. I'm going. Oh, okay, wait. Who is that? A lady had entered the hall. Tall and striking was she, and almost supernaturally good-looking. To the partied-out dame, she was like a mead dream come to life. She strode languidly to Hrothgar's throne, smiling at the looks and gasps she was evoking. She pursed her perfect lips and spoke. Oi! Are you kidding around here, man? Oh, that's a shame. Oh, anyway. Madam, I am. How may I be a service? Are you the nasty little humans that pulled my son's arm off? Oh, we haven't had a part like that in ages. Oh, I see. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, but that was the monster. Don't call me darling. Grendel, a monster? He's a sensitive boy and my dear son. You are Grendel's mother, but he looks nothing like you. What are you implying? Your son has been eating these people for the last year. If you weren't such a part-time parent, I wouldn't have had to. Who are you to tell me how to raise my children? I bet you've got a pinchy blog and all. I am Beowulf, and I have no blog. My son has no arm, and I demand a recompense. King Hrothgar, I claim the right arms of all of your kingdom. You have a week to lay them in tribute at north shore of Lake Erzum, or I shall return after all of your health. How dare you! Your hot tub invite is revoked, and your key will, will not go in the bowl. Guards, have at her. Come here, Jolie. This Jolie. is for Jennifer Aniston. How rude. Let's see if I have anything in my handbag to discipline. From her small but tasteful designer handbag, Grendel's mother draws a blade. About 15 feet or so of blade. It just keeps going. Unlike Hrothgar's guards. I hope I've made myself clear. Um, yes. Oh, hey everyone, what's going on? Yeah, I'm so hungover. What's with all the blood? Then I'll take that noisome weasel with me. There's a snack for me, boy. Um, I'm not very nutritious, you know. I sustain myself on a musician's diet of JD and roll-ups. Ah, oh, Beowulf, help me! Arms or heads? A threat delivered, Grendel's mother shashayed away Beowulf. back to her lake. Well, as king, I say we go for the arms. I mean, I can still drink me with one arm after all. You know something. I'm a really terrible king. Exactly. Hold off on the arms. I'm going to follow her. Don't do anything foolish till I return. Farewell, Lord King. Prince Beowulf! What? Uh, don't try too hard to save that musician. <sighs> Beowulf made to follow Grendel's mother and her squalling prisoner, but he had barely travelled a mile when the Kurt Geiger heel tracks disappeared. As if by magic. Though he saw no tracks, Beowulf knew where he was going. To the black shores of Lake Ezrum the deepest and darkest of Denmark's lakes. Following the streams that led down country to the lair of Grendel's mother. Well, this is the place then. Hmm. It's more like a sea than a lake. Grendel's mother and the Bard could be anywhere. Wait. There in the shallows, green against the black stones, was a plectrum. 
Kings of Leon? Ugh. Well, this must be the right place. Here we go, then. The prince threw himself into the freezing water and swam down. Down into the gloom. The water was murky in the bottom, deep and dark. Yet as he descended, weird shapes became slowly more visible. Cans of lilt, shopping trolleys and bones. Thousands upon thousands of white bones, picked clean by some monstrous appetite. Beowulf had found the bottom, and now he followed the trail of bones and liltins to the entrance of a cave carved into the rock of the lakeside. He swam through a gloomy corridor of stone. His lungs burned as his breath began to give out, but he swam on, till he saw a faint light at the tunnel's end. At last, Beowulf surfaced in a great grotto of rock, lit by the faint green of phosphorescent light. Holding my breath for the spray paint bit came in handy. This must be Grendel's lair. That's right, Beowulf. Won't you stay for dinner? (laughs) Grendel! Fire up the air fryer. We're having a royal feast tonight. <laughs> After all that, our hero is hauled from the water by the slender but freakishly strong arm of Grendel's mother and dragged unconscious deeper and deeper into the maternal monster's cave. Through the slimy cavern with its chewed bone carpet till the poor prince was thrown headfirst into a vast bubbling cauldron. The foul witch's brew stings his eyes and Beowulf desperately tries to right himself, but his hands are tied. He is drowning in poison until... <sighs> what poison is this, witch? Wait, is, is this... is this roller cola? Yes, I thought I'd try a new marinade before you come in the fryer. Where's the bard? He's there, being steeped in Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Actually, I think this is the affordable old equivalent, and I can taste the difference. If you're going to kill us, classically attractive monster woman, at least pay for the brand. No, don't worry, I'll soon have thousands of right arms to scum. Call this a practice for the marinade. <laughs> uh, justice for your foul little humans for hurting my son. So a thousand people are maimed for your lax parenting. I took your boy's arm off. If it's justice you're after, then take it. But leave those people alone. All right. I'm not after justice. Just revenge and dinner. <laughs> I'm glad we've got that settled then. But answer me this. Did you ever leave a tooth in a glass of coke overnight? Because your roller cola has eaten through my chains enough to do this. Yes, mine too. And when I'm finished with you, Mother Grendel, tooth decay will be the least of your worries. Get back in that marinade, little prince. No. Now let's dance, you mother. 
In a spray of flat roller cola, Beowulf springs from the cauldron of Mother Grendel. The broken chains on his wrists wait his blows as he closes with the Beast Mother. Her left, her right, and a big down and A uppercut to rock the fiend on her feet. But Mother Grendel has the poison on her and a jaw like an anvil. She simply will not go down. It gets messy. Mother Grendel throws our hero about the coke-stained cavern like a ragdoll. She shrugs off the hardest hits and returns them with interest, sending Beowulf crashing to the cave's slimy floor. What a rescue this is turning out to be, little prince. Hmm? Well, at least I know that royal blood and roller cola works very well as a flavor. Try it with slime. <laughs> My eyes! You'll pay for that! But as Mother Grendel wipes the ooze from her eye, Beowulf is gone. I don't want to lose my arms. I'll arm work out that one more, but that one's, you know, that one. Meanwhile, far above the cavern of the Grendels, Hrothgar's people have gathered at the lakeside for a most unwelcome mass DIY surgery convention. Any sign of Beowulf? No, my lord. I reckon he's cougar food, if you know what I mean. But cougars aren't native to... Oh, I see. Damn. I was really hoping he might make the whole arm thing unnecessary. You ought to go first, my lord. I brought a boy out to do a dotted line. Like washing, cutting out books. Did anyone bring any band-aids? No. Beowulf. Oh, Beowulf. Come out, come out. I can smell you now. <laughs> Beowulf keeps to the shadows while Mother Grendel sniffs the air for his blood and crows supervillain-like. <laughs> his body is battered, like he's gone ten rounds with a bin lorry. He knows he cannot take another pounding from Grendel's overbearing mother. So he hides. Wait, what's this? A sword? Oh, can barely lift it, but it's worth a try. Um, did one of those blows to your head damage your inner monologue? What? If you're hiding, then why are you talking? Where do you think you are? Radio 4? Nay! That's your fault. It's not! Boys, boys, boys. Don't be bricking and arguing now. You'll spoil your flavour. Not yet, mummy. Snap your necks, so you can sit quietly in your marinades. Like good children. Ah, uh, is it wrong that that kind of pushes my buttons? Very much, yes. <laughs> Mother Grendel's razor-sharp nails hiss through the air. Red acrylic certain death sizzles towards our heroes, till Beowulf lifts his sword. The blade stops the blow and shears off Mother Grendel's hand. It gets worse. The great sword whistles through the dark cabin's air and whips Grendel's mother's head clean off and into the cauldron, where it sinks without a trace. We'll have to take a rain check on that dinner. Um, can I get out of this cauldron with a head in? Uh, it's bumping up my foot. Okay then, has everyone drawn a line? Yep. Yes. Right, we all go together then. 
One, two... Hang on, hang on. Are we going on three or go? Oh, yeah, right. Um, We all go on, go. Ready? Yes. Okay. One, two, three... Stop! It's Beowulf! Praise the gods, he lives! <laughs> Hello, I'm also alive! Ah, oh, damn. Oh, well. But we're saved! Saved again, I tell you! Yay! Yay! And so they were. Saved, that is. At last, the Danes were free from the menace of Grendel, and free to keep their right hands. All thanks to that monster-slaying Prince of Gertland and all-round swell guy, Beowulf! Who now returned home to Gertland, with Danish praises ringing in his ears. He steps from his ship to the shore of home. To find everything on fire? Alright, the sequel. The sequel with a dragon in it. Did that corner shop Henry Cavill say a sequel? The sequel with a dragon in? Oh my yes, you ever read The Hobbit? It's derivative, you know. So yes, there's more to come from Beowulf. Another day. Aww. <laughs> I think that's quite enough classic literature for today. Not enough Tombow for a classic. Too silly for literature. But then it was... The Silly History Boy Show! And whatever it was, it's finished now, for now. So for all the dismemberment, loud noises and hot tubs, we are, as always, Sorry! Sorry! One more time, or episode 68 of the Silly History Boys show was written and produced by the Silly History Boys. The parts of Fane, Fanes, and a psychopathic monster woman who looked like Angelina Jolie, you couldn't see her, but that's what she looked like, were croaked seductively by Tom, two kids, Tombo Furmore. Hi, Tombo. You are all invited to Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram's discreet pile in the country to thank him properly for doing the voices of King Hrothgar, Gary McGardison I, and various fanes, peasants, and guards. And of course, you'll always be welcome at my little house for a jar of Biscoff and your own spoon. Because how else could I be your dear Uncle Bob Bob? Mm, I did the voices of the barter guards and fanes and a, a servant as well, that was me. But huge appreciation and groveling, graveling attitude, gratitude, goes to the performance of Stu the Pear Bear of Rivia's as the titular Beowulf worked very hard this week. Murder on the old throat, uh, so I've been told. I uh, therefore plan to write two more parts of this story, so sorry not sorry, in advance. Thanks, though, in advance. Go to Zapsplat at zapsplat.com for the slime, the slicing, and all the splatters this week. And in addition, thank you to 344 Audio for even more sound effects. And we are always, 
indebted to musical science man Scott Scotty Buckley for the tracks Age of Wonder, Hour of the Witch and Rise. And we furthermore doffel our Dark Age tiles to Danny Bradley of Danny Bradley Music for his tracks this week. And next of all, we then thump our spears together for those nice people at Orchestralis for the Viking Slavic Warrior, which is the uh, the track that you type into, uh, the track that you get when you type The Witcher into Audio Jungle. And of course, last, and of course, no means least, it's thanks to Lord Fastfingers for the introduction. If you've enjoyed this episode, or indeed any of the other 68 episodes of the Silly History Boys show, then please do give us a rate and a review on your chosen podcast platform. Check us out on all the social media. Uh, There's a very exciting song coming to you soon on the socials with the promotional video. And hey, if you like that or anything else, do please buy us a coffee or a tea, if you like, on Kofi. The silliest of silly boys connected with history will return once again. And um, I'm here to remind you as well, we'll do another one, that we will be at Leeds Armouries for the half term. All, well, two, three of us will be there performing the Lion and the Weasel for two days. And then four of us will be there performing the Lion and the Weasel and also entertaining you at the Joust and and any other things that Tom's agreed for us to do. Anyway, hey, listen, I'm not complaining. I'm really looking forward to it. I really like Leeds Armouries. I might even try and let Uncle Bill by let me stay behind and actually look at the swords. Anyway, we'll see you soon. Thank you, bye! Wow, that was a throat killer, mate.